I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dogmaster and the trainer of Rex on the Canadian City TV series, Hudson and Rex. Welcome to the second season of How to Dog. (coughs) Each episode, someone like you calls in with a canine question. This week, we're answering that age-old question. Can I pet your dog? And uh, I guess I've got a question about doggy consent. Like, what are the rules? How do I know if my dog wants to be petted? And, like, especially when she's meeting new people, like, how do I know if I should let people pet my dog in public? It's always kind of been in the back of my mind. And I'm super curious to see what you have to say. Thanks. Thanks for your question. It can be one of the most challenging things for dog owners. You're walking through the park and someone comes up to you and asks, can I pet your dog? And sometimes they don't even ask. They just reach down and hold out their hand. Or even worse, they just start petting your dog without even asking first. Of course, if this is the sort of thing that your dog loves, it's likely not a problem. But if your dog doesn't like strangers, What if the dog is very protective of you? What if it's recently had surgery or maybe it's sore? These are all things that could land you, your dog, and a stranger in a conflict. So to kick things off this season, we're going to get you some advice about if and when it's safe to even let a stranger or a friend touch your dog. Welcome back to How to Dog. Hi everyone, a reminder that this podcast is not personal advice and you should always consult with an expert when taking care of your own doggo. Over to you, Sherry. Later in the podcast, I'm going to speak to Karen B. London. She's a certified animal behavioralist who specializes in working with dogs with unwanted aggression and other behavioral issues. She's going to give us some much needed advice on how to make your dog more receptive to when visitors visit your home. But first, I have Irit Bloom with me, and she's going to help us understand some of our dog's body language, how to read your dog's reaction to strangers, and how to talk to strangers who want to pet your dog. Irit, could you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Well, I am a professional dog trainer and a professional behavior consultant also for dogs, although I also work with cats in case anyone needs cat help. Um, And I help people with everything from basic puppy training to dogs who have a history of biting people, dogs who are too afraid to go outside, uh, dogs who are anxious about other dogs, dogs who are aggressive or difficult to handle around other animals. You name it, I've probably handled it at some point. (laughs) I've been in the industry for a while now, professionally, uh, and I've also been working with animals since I was a child. So I love helping people learn how to communicate with their pets and understand their pets better. And I do everything I can to make those animals' lives better and the whole household's life better, too. During the pandemic, so many people went out and adopted dogs, which is amazing. 
And now, you know, everything is opening back up and people are taking these animals out. And all of a the sudden, they're getting very reactive dogs because they aren't used to seeing kids running and playing. They aren't used to all these strangers. They aren't used to seeing other dogs. So, you know, there's something called, I like to call it canine consent. And I'm hoping you can help us out with this and, and how to politely say, no, it's not appropriate to pet my dog at this time. Such a great question and such a great topic. It really has been difficult for people. So many dogs had such a strange childhood, if you will, over the last year or so. And even dogs who didn't go through that experience, a lot of them may not always be thrilled about the level of interaction that they get with other people. So I just want to sort of point out that what I'm about to say doesn't just apply to pandemic puppies. It applies to all the animals that you have in your household, whether you adopted them five years ago or 50 years ago, if it's a parrot, you know, right. All of the animals in your household should have the right to basically say no. And that's really what consent is about. Consent is about saying, I am interested in participating in whatever's about to happen. I'm interested in being petted. I'm interested in going for a walk. It can be so many different things, but petting is a really, really big one. And a lot of times our dogs very gently and quietly and politely try to say no. Yeah. But unfortunately, we humans aren't always the best at reading canine body language and canine signals. And so we wind up failing to see the signs. And what happens with these dogs is they ask politely, they say, excuse me, could we not do this? Uh, pardon me, could we skip it? Could we skip it? And then when we don't listen to them, they start to get louder. Hey, back off. I said back off. And that's when you start to see things like the growling or the barking and the lunging, where they're basically driving the other person away, trying to keep that person out so that they can't pet the dog. Because they asked politely, but the person wasn't listening. Yes. So the first thing I want to point out is that your dog is giving a lot of signals, and they're often very subtle and very polite from the dog's point of view, and very quiet. And so if you want to know if your dog consents to a situation, to an encounter, yes, I would like you to pet me, stranger on the street, then the first thing you need to do is make sure that they're not saying no in a very quiet voice. Right. So I'd like to take a minute and talk about some of the ways dogs say no. That would be great. Because we often, yeah, we often miss those things. We miss all these subtle signs. And actually, I'll say when I'm working with clients, most, the vast majority of my clients, once in a while, I have someone who's really expert at this, but the vast majority of my clients, the very first thing we do is we talk about canine body language. And this is a great skill for anyone, even if you have a dog who's, you know, hail fellow, well, well met and loves every single human that they meet. It's still a good idea to be able to read your dog's signals. Yeah. And some of these signals, like you say, are so minimal. You know, people usually wait until it's a growl or a bark or showing teeth. And and there's so many symptoms or signals that they're sending you that is way ahead of that. So you're going to actually educate us a little bit on that. Yes, I, I love helping people understand their dogs better. And it's, you know, we can all communicate better when we understand each other's subtle language, right? So first thing to look for, some 
fairly obvious, but people just don't understand them. Some fairly obvious signals is if someone is walking up to your dog, let's pretend this is a stranger just to make the picture simpler. You're on the sidewalk with your dog. Someone else is coming along the sidewalk and your dog turns their head away instead of looking at that person. When your dog turns their head away, that is a way of saying, excuse me, sir, could you please give me a little space? I would rather not meet right now. Now, obviously, the stranger on the sidewalk may not know that. And, you know, in fairness, this isn't something we learn in school. There's a reason that a lot of people don't know it. And, and it is what it is. Yeah. But you, as that dog's handler, as that dog's protector, as that dog's family, you can take it upon yourself to say, huh, my dog doesn't seem to want to say hello. And when you see that head turn, move your dog to another spot, for instance. Nice, easy, non-confrontational way to avoid the encounter. Other obvious signs you might see is the dog doesn't just turn their head, but actually turns their whole body away. Right. Or they might turn and look at you. Some dogs will turn, look at you, and then paw at you. That's usually a, can we, could we, can you just save me, please? Can we just move on somewhere else? Because this is not what I want to do. And all of those signs, those are on the sort of big end, I guess, in the sense of that they're big and obvious and visible. But all of those signs mean, I don't really want to say hi to the stranger. I don't really want the stranger to pet me. Maybe I don't even want the stranger to talk to me. Maybe I don't even want to make eye contact. Yeah. So those are a couple of signs that you can start looking for that are fairly easy to spot once you tune in and realize what they mean. Some other signs you might see that are a little more subtle and a little harder to see, in addition to sort of turning the head away, turning the body away, or maybe pawing at you, you might see your dog lick their lips. And this isn't like if you're holding a treat in front of your dog and your dog licks their lips, that's one thing. But if there's a stranger approaching you and your dog suddenly licks their lips, that is usually a sign that the dog is a little uncomfortable about the situation. And now the problem with this signal is a lot of times the dog is out ahead of you, so you might not see it. It's a little hard to spot from behind. Uh, you'll, you'll actually get better and better at it. I know it sounds funny, but I can tell when a dog licks their lips from behind. It's a matter of a lot of practice. Um, but you'll see this, like the tongue just flicks out, flicks back in. And sometimes they make this big deal out of it and they put their tongue all the way across their nose. And it can be, you know, different depending on the individual dog that you're hanging out with. But look for those lip licks. And another one that's a little easier to spot, but also often misunderstood is a yawn. Right. Okay. Your dog might suddenly yawn. And again, if it's 11 p.m. and you're all settling in for bed, then a yawn is not a big deal. Right. But if you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you're, oh, wow, a stranger is really getting close. It actually means I'm a little uncomfortable. So there's two more you can look for. And then I want to add two others. And I'm just going to say these are not all the signs, but these are some of the more common ones you'll see. Yes. The two others I want to add have to do with sniffing. So we know our dogs love to sniff. Our dogs are very engaged with their noses. We are just complete amateurs when it comes to being able to smell things compared to our dogs. But there's, oh, this is a really interesting bush and I'm sniffing the bush. And then there's, I was walking along, not sniffing anything. And then I saw a person and all of a sudden I decided the sidewalk smelled really interesting. And you'll suddenly see your dog drop their head and start sniffing the sidewalk like, oh, 
this is the most fascinating patch of cement I've ever seen in my life. They're not interested in the cement. <laughs> They're pointing their head down to indicate to the approaching person, you know, please back off. I'd rather have some space. And the other thing you might see is that your dog does the exact opposite with their head. They start sniffing up into the air. They're like, ha what's over there? What's over here? And they're looking anywhere but the person. So any kind of behavior where the dog sort of deliberately looks away from the approaching stranger is a hint that they don't want to meet with the approaching stranger. And these are all body language signals that well-socialized dogs understand so if you watch well-socialized dogs together, one starts sniffing the ground, the other one's going to walk away. They're going to say, oh, you didn't want to say hi. No big deal. I've got stuff to do over here. Yeah. But with people, we don't look for those signs. And so even though the dog is politely saying, could you please give me a little space? I really don't want to meet you right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested in just staying with my human. We're having a nice walk and I don't want to add anyone to it. But the people don't understand that. So you as the dog's handler need to start looking for all of these signs, the lip licks, the yawns, turning away, the raised paw, sniffing the ground for no apparent reason, sniffing the air for no apparent reason when there happens to be a stranger around. And those are your signs that say, let me give my dog more room away from this person. I'm going to walk my dog away. Or sometimes you're in a situation where you're sort of trapped. And what I tend to do is I sort of retreat as far as I can. Like I'll, I'll back up onto someone's walkway or the driveway of their home, or I'll step onto their lawn so that my dog is a little less tempting for the stranger. And it's a little easier for the stranger to just walk by. Right. So I've got a question for you because th this happens a lot. You know, um, most times it's funny. I find people are kind of, awkward when you say can i pet your dog and and they really don't know how to say no to somebody yes they don't know what to say and then it comes across as oh well the dog has a problem but it, it's not actually that the dog has a problem like how is it that people can actually say no in a polite way and feel comfortable saying no to people who want to approach their dog that is it's such an excellent question it's so difficult because we too are social animals and we feel the, the social pressure and it's hard for us to deny someone something that they clearly want. So a lot of times if, if my dog has clearly said no and I don't want to allow this encounter uh, because, I, because, of, because I'm respecting my dog, I don't want to let this happen, I can be pretty creative and I have to tell you I'm not always 100% truthful. <laughs> so... The first thing I do is I will, you know, just sort of politely say, you know, thank you so much, but we're in a rush and I just have to keep moving. So I'm saying something, it's, it's not them, it's not the stranger who's approaching me, it's me, I'm busy, my life is crazy. Everyone's willing to believe that, right? Right. So you say something like, oh, I'm so sorry, but if I'm not back at the car in five minutes, I'm going to be late to something and I have to go right now and you just kind of speed past them. Actions are very useful in this case. If you're just not there, they can't pet your dog. Another thing you can do if someone's really, really, really persistent is you can tell your you can tell the person that your dog is sick. If you say, I'm really sorry, my dog isn't feeling well and what he has is contagious, <laughs> they won't get near you. <laughs> and 
I know. Like I can, I can see you're laughing, and it is kind of funny, but it protects your dog, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't do anyone any harm, and hopefully your dog's not actually sick. But <laughs> you know, use whatever tools you need so that you don't get into a confrontation with the person that's unpleasant for you and for your dog and for that person. Anything you can come up with. What I'll tell you does not work is if you if you say my dog is shy or my dog isn't friendly. Right. What the response that you'll normally get is, oh, but all dogs love me. So that won't work. Shy and not friendly doesn't work because the people the people who are going to fail to listen to your dog's signals anyway and fail to listen to your signals are the people who are going to say, oh, no, 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 no. With me, it's different. With me, it's fine. Right. Right. And and I find that if you start to intervene and protect or, you know, read the dog signals better and and help the dog in those ways, it, it will also benefit in your bond with the dog, because then the dog starts to trust that you understand what its requirements are. Exactly. And that's such an excellent point. And I mean, who doesn't want a better bond with their dog, right? Exactly. So by showing the dog I'm listening and I'm here for you. I will stand up for you. We're just improving our bond with the dog. I think our listeners got an amazing training session today. (laughs) And we also got um, some amazing tips on how to say no. Thank you, Irit. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much. I look forward to it, too. Irit Bloom has been training animals for 40 years, and she also has a degree in biology from the University of Pennsylvania. You can find her online at thesophisticateddog.com. In a minute, I'll tell you a funny story about Diesel, my dog who plays Rex in Hudson and Rex, and how someone wanted to pet him. That's coming up in just a few seconds. Diesel and I, especially before the pandemic, we did a lot of social events and meet and greets. It was so much fun. And I'll never forget, we we do these pictures with the dog and everybody's so excited. And all of a sudden, um, you know, these... This family came and I and Diesel was up on the table and the two kids and the mom and dad were there. I think there were three kids, actually. And uh, they and they were all sitting perfect. And I said, stay. And I backed away so that they could do the photos. And all of a sudden, the little kid, he must have been about four, stands up and puts Diesel in a headlock and is like, yeah. And I was like, oh, stay. I, I nearly died. I nearly died. I nearly peed my pants that day. <laughs> Uh, hey there, my name's uh, Levi, and I don't own a dog. I've never owned a dog. I've never spent that much time with dogs. But my really, really good friend um, has a dog and is spending a lot of time with it. And I'm just wondering, like, what you know, what should I know when I go over to their place and, and start visiting with their dog? Uh, thank you. Well, hey there, how-to dog listeners. You've got a treat today. We are talking to Dr. Karen London. Welcome. Dr. Karen, it's a pleasure to have you with us on How to Dog. 
And I would like you to just tell our listeners a little bit about your specialties. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here, really excited to talk to you. And I mostly work with dogs with serious behavioral issues, and my specialty is aggression. But I also really specialize in working and helping dogs play with other dogs and with their people. And generally, I love teaching dogs all kinds of things, whatever they need to do or whatever they need not to do is what I love to do with them. Correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of times it's a miscommunication between the owner and the dog on what is acceptable and what they are willing to accept and willing to give to the relationship. Is that correct? Well, there's no doubt that the communication between people and their dogs and the miscommunications that happen certainly account for a lot of issues. Like a lot of dogs might not really have understood the boundary that they're not supposed to take, you know, bread out of the pantry or off the counter. Uh, There's all kinds of sort of boundary issues, but sometimes there are dogs just can't control themselves or they're just so afraid they can't do what what they're supposed to. And it is our job to help them be able to do that and partly by communicating with them. Let's say I adopted a dog or I've had a dog since it was a puppy and and now it, it you know that mouthing is getting more and more and the dog is getting older and older and let's say I have people come to the house but for us it's just like oh the dog takes our hand and walks us in through the house every time we come home from work. But, you know, you have company come and they're like, oh, that dog just bit me. And you're and and people try to explain, no, he just is going to take your hand. Is there a way that we should enter a house with dogs and and greet them properly? Is there is there a boundary with me going into a stranger's house? And then as an owner, is there a boundary for me allowing people to come in with my dog there? So certainly strangers coming into houses is sort of one of the holy grails of dog training, along with like calling your dog off, you know, a deer or a rabbit. It's, it's so challenging for dogs. Um, in my house, I, like I was saying, I don't like dogs to ever have their teeth on human skin just because I'm worried that they'll get really excited one time or be scared or, you know, be startled. And that's when they could maybe bite with pressure where it would actually cause a problem. So I think in terms of helping, like as a stranger, if I go to someone's house, I'm First of all, I'm going to pay attention to what the owners say. If they're like, he doesn't like it if you pet him, I'm not going to pet him. Right. And if they say like, oh, she doesn't really like to be looked at. Well, I'm sure as heck not going to look at her because I don't know what they mean by she doesn't like. That sounds like trouble brewing and I don't want that. I'm going to, so I'm going to pay attention to them like, oh, you know, come in over here and sit down. She'll calm down once you sit down. I mean, I'm just going to listen and follow instructions. I'm also going to, especially if I'm, if it's a client and I am, trying to make a good first impression so I can work with the dog. I'll say like, does your dog like toys? Can I toss a ball? Can I toss squeakies? Can I give your dog treats? So try to make it so I'm instantly someone that the dog's like, oh, okay, you're in the club. I like you. This is all good. Um, You're somebody that I want to have. Do you have anything more for me? Can I pay attention to you? This is good. Uh, So, you know, just trying to make a good first impression, not doing sort of the things that are problematic for dogs, like not reaching over a dog, not staring at them, not leaning over them, all the kinds of things that upset a lot of dogs who have a bite history because it because they're afraid and those things frighten them. I'm not going to wear a hat. I'm not going to be carrying a lot of things. And then if people were to come to like my house with with dogs, like I want I want dogs in my house to know where to go. Like okay, you can go sit on your mat over there. Or yeah, you know if I if like if I had a dog that was really challenged by strangers, I would have the strangers come in while the dog wasn't looking. They were in a crate or in a back room. Once the people are seated have them come in to sort of control that incredible 
excitement. But every every dog is is different. And one of the things you mentioned, you know, stuffed Kongs, just giving a dog a stuffed Kong when visitors come over can sometimes just be like magic. Like, oh, I'm not going to leap on you in friendliness. I'm not going to bite you in fear. I'm just going to sit here with my Kong. And yeah, go ahead and sit on the couch. I could care less. So I, I think a lot of people will say, oh, I'm a dog lover. Absolutely. People actually think it's like they are, they have a magic power because they love animals, but that's not necessarily a, a good thing. I'm so glad you brought this up. It's just like, it's like music in my heart to hear other people share this, this concern. I mean, I work with a lot of dogs that have bitten and it's people sometimes I talk to them before I go to their house and I make sure that it's safe with a gate or a leash or sometimes a muzzle or, you know, me tossing treats outside. And I always say like, I work with dogs with all kinds of issues, but there's nothing magically I can do to stop a dog from biting me. If we put it in a situation where that's what it does, there's nothing magic. And on the same front, just because I love dogs doesn't mean I can go hug a dog that's terrified of, of, you know, people. Right. And so when people say like, Oh, you know, I love dogs. It's like, you have to be really firm with them. It's like this dog doesn't even always love the people who love dogs. Trust me. It's, I mean, I think people do think because, you know, sort of, you know, bless them. They've never had a dog do something really negative to them. So they think they're somehow protected, but they're, but they're not. You know, I, I firmly believe that education and knowledge goes further than anything. And, you know, I, I, I always say the day I stop learning, you know, I'm just going to get the shovel out myself because <laughs> I try every day to learn something new. And it's been brought to my attention that, um, Dr. Karen, you have multiple books published. I do. Yeah, I've written six books about um dog training and behavior, five of them with a co-author, Patricia McConnell, Dr. Patricia McConnell, uh, who I worked for for many years. And then my most recent one is called Treat Everyone Like a Dog, How a Dog Trainer's wor Worldview Can Improve Your Life. And it's about how all the things I've learned in dog training, which is about influencing behavior, I apply to other areas of my life. And I think it's made a big difference in how I interact with all kinds of people, you know, my family, my coworkers, my neighbors my friends. And so, wow, it's sort of a, to me, it's like a little love letter to dog trainers. Look what we know and look what we can do with it. And uh, kind of a, um, a starting manual for anyone that's interested in dog training, but maybe doesn't do it professionally. Again, how to dog listeners. It's Dr. Karen London here. Um, you want to look up her book for sure. Just the one thing that I always want to say when I'm talking about dogs is one of the best things that we can do for any dog is just accept them for who they are at that moment. Like see the dog you have right now, not the story of what happened before they came to you or what you hope, but just accept them for who they are at this moment. And I just feel like that is really what true love is about with dogs. And I think that's what we're all looking for with them. All right. How to dog listeners. You got it. Some words of wisdom from Dr. Karen London. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Karen B. London is a certified applied animal behavioralist and professional dog trainer. I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's dog master, and you're listening to How to Dog, the podcast that answers all your canine questions. I hope this episode has helped not only those of you who want to better socialize your dogs, but also for those people who just love dogs and want to pet them. Just remember, always ask first. 
And don't be offended if you get no for an answer. In the meantime, don't forget to give us a good review and please call us at 1-833-HOW-TO-DOG with your burning canine questions. Next week, we're calling the show How to Puppy. Thanks to this caller. I want to get a puppy, but um, I want to make sure that I'm, I, I'm doing it all right. So what are the basics I should know about bringing, uh, bringing a puppy home? How to Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis, produced by Devin Langell, Carrie Hayden, and Adam Killick. Executive producers are Christina Jennings, Scott Garvey, Sherry Davis, and Natalie Rodriguez. Editing and mixing by Adam Killick. Research by Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast produced in association with Rogers Sports and Media and part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2021, Shaftesbury. <laughs>